0: When today's guest needed care for her grandmother, none of the choices in the community would do for her. So she started her own agency, and she could teach you how to do the same.
1: Welcome to the Home Care Heroes podcast, featuring trending topics and practical wisdom for success in home care. Here's your host, Ken
0: Accardi. Well hello and welcome to Home Care Heroes. Today I have a very special guest. Her name is Latoya Thompson and she hails from the greater St. Louis, Missouri area. And Latoya is a multipreneur. She actually studied a great combination. She studied social work and she also studied fashion. And she actually has a home care agency, but also helps other people. Get their home care businesses started. And she was a personal stylist at Nordstrom. So she's, you know, has all these great things in her background. And I think what you'll find is that she has a really great spirit and a great outlook and a lot of good advice for those of you in home care. So welcome to Home Care Heroes, Miss Latoya. Thank you. Let's just jump right in and tell us your story. You obviously have a lot of passions and things that you do, but tell us how you got into home care and take us through that journey.
1: Sure. So uh, let's see. I come from a family that works in the healthcare field. My mother is a CNA. My aunt is a CNA. My grandmother was a LPN. And then my sister is a CNA. My cousins, they're all caregivers. So so I come from a background of caregivers. It was back, I want to say in 2010 or 09, my grandmother was sent home from the hospital, basically since they couldn't do anything for her and they wanted to put her on hospice. And I could not digest that. Because I'm like, well, she just went in because she had congestive heart failure. And um, I'm like, she just went in to get, you know, the fluid off of her. And then you guys sent her home saying that there's nothing else that they can do for her. So we went through that process of trying to hire caregivers, going through second opinions of doctors. And we didn't we didn't do the hospice. So we hired people during that process of trying to hire caregivers and home care agencies, um, we went both routes, looking through the papers, looking for independent private pay people. That was interesting because I needed 24 hour live-in service for her at the time, cause she was that sickly. And it just made, it didn't make sense to pay two 12 hour shifts at the rates that agencies and individuals were trying to charge us. But I ended up finding an agency To do the live in services for her. That was good. It was a good run. But then, of course, the caregivers kind of lacked and the people that they were sending, the quality kind of declined. She ended up getting better. And then a couple of years went by again. Then she got sick again. So then it was back in 2016 when she got sick again when I said, I'm just gonna start my own agency. So it was the end of 2016, beginning of 2017, when I started my own home care agency. And I realized that it is hard. It is hard to find good caregivers. It is hard to find um, clients and um, really understanding the needs. But it was easy to navigate because I was able to speak with the experience and speak with the families about the journey and understand the growing pains of having a loved one who needs to have outside care.
0: Yeah, perfect. So you had that personal experience. You have the passion for it, heart for caregiving. And that got you into it, so that's really fantastic. And then you said, "Hey, let's make a business out of this." It's kind of interesting. We generally say, "Okay, this person that we're bringing on board, are they more of a Medicaid client, or are they more of a of a private pay client?" And you're kind of interesting that you actually started in private pay, and then you added the Medicaid, and you work on both sides. And one thing that we sometimes advise our Medicaid agencies is, you know, go state by state, but Yes. Let's take yes. Missouri, example, for example, where you are, You know, when you're doing consumer-directed services at you know, $16.04 an hour to the agency, it's not like it's the highest margin. And we sometimes advise folks to say, if you could bring in some private pay, then that can help you with your yes. revenue side. So yeah, what advice would you have in that area, kind of the balance of having some Medicaid and some private pay?
1: For Missouri, it's interesting. On the Medicaid side, particularly with the CDS, because it's like multiple businesses in one and a lot of people really don't understand the CDS concept is very much different from any other state on the Medicaid side because basically as the agency, we're just a vendor. So we're just a facilitator to make make sure that these consumers or clients um, are in compliance of the state of Missouri. And the program is a complicated program even a lot of the consumers really don't understand, like, why do we have our own tax ID? Mm-hmm. And it's like, because you pick your own worker, you know, you, you're, they're not a, a caregiver of the agency or just a vendor of the agency. And on the private pay, because we're a non-regulated state, it's very easy to enter, no real skill requirement or even license to enter. And I think people who starting, they should do both because it's non-regulated you can charge whatever you want to charge. You want to compare, be at market rate, but also can compare with your competitors. What, what are they're charging? So that's one source of income for an agency or if a person is doing a private pay on the private side and you're able to bill however you decide versus Medicaid. Medicaid sets the rates. Medicaid has their own policies and procedures that you have to go off of. Um, Medicaid only usually do a raise or decrease annually. And that's in July. And we really don't have a say so whatever they say, this is how much we're charging and they're charging per unit, which is different from like charging per hour on the private pay. So if you can have a balance of both, that would be great. But if some people that do really well on the private pay and can't find or have the interest of entering the Medicaid side.
0: (laughs) It's really interesting. I saw two of your videos on YouTube that are both pretty popular and trending videos. One is about how to get private pay clients. And the other one is about how does the consumer directed services program in Missouri work? And I guess I should take a step back. So we did talk about the CDS program. And this is a program in New York. It's called CDPAP. And in Florida, it's called, or Virginia, it's called consumer directed. But there's a lot of different Names for this kind of program around the country where the way that the home care works is that the essentially the person receiving the care might have a family member or somebody that they're bringing as a caregiver and then the home care agency is administering the program. So that is a different kind of program. It's very different than private pay. But yes. it's really great that you have two of your scoring videos are on both sides of the aisle, right? The private pay <laughs> side and the and the consumer directed services side. So that's really interesting that you've been successful in both areas. Let's jump into private pay for a minute here. For people who are just starting out, since you have this video about finding clients, like what are some of your suggestions there? You know, where should where should they look in the community and how do they get their name out there for private pay?
1: Yeah, I think building relationships or partnerships with like dialysis centers, as well as occupational therapy or any rehab facilities or any pain specialists. Building those relationships, also like chiropractors or any um, short-term skilled facilities, any independent living facilities. Putting ads out, but going out or sending emails or even doing cold calls and just introducing yourself. Basically, seeing how can you be a benefit to them, and then they can tell you their growing pains, and then you find that solution.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's, it sounds like it's a really big relationship business, and then if you could go out and you could build the relationships with these folks that have, let's say, the dialysis or the occupational therapies, they're providing a different service, but they might have the clients that might also need well, your service as well. There.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because the, the, the patients are only there temporarily and then afterwards they have to be discharged and still need continuum care, but they don't right. provide that personal care side. So that's when that's the opportunity for someone new that's trying to grab that business and say, hey, we provide, you know, post-op, you know, personal care or there are these variations of services and this is how we can help you.
0: Yeah, got it. So let's shift to what is always the central topic here on Home Care Heroes, which is the battle for caregivers. So what everybody tells us, whether they're anywhere they are in the, the home care industry, is that it's all about recruiting and retention and the challenges that come with that. I know that one thing we talked about before we started recording here is that there's a lot of cost that goes into bringing on a caregiver, and if they don't stay with you, then that's sunk cost. So tell us if you have some good ideas to share in that area. I'm sure our listeners would love to learn that from you.
1: Yeah, well, the struggle the struggle is real. Um, <laughs> it's uh, on a continuing basis. I know recently with covid The unemployment increase. So what we were doing was reaching out to caregivers that we already had on staff and saying, hey, you know, do you have a friend or do you know someone that may be interested that's in the same field that will want to come aboard for our agency? Because, you know, just putting ads out and doing the you try to you try to weed people out. So what we do, you'll put a post up, someone will apply, we'll do the phone screening see if they pass the phone screening. If they pass the phone screening, then we'll meet them in person. If they, you know, meet them in person and then if we think that they're a good fit, then we'll give them the offer, offer the training. And last year it was a lot of virtual training which became very interesting as as well versus that in-person training and in-person orientation. But I think trying to use the network that you already have, if you have a good network of carriers, using them as a referral source. And then also building relationships, and it worked a little bit, but um, with the uh, nursing schools around here, or if they have, I'm pretty sure it's some CNA schools or some type of nursing training programs, building a relationship with those career services individuals to send you potential graduates or people who need to get so many service hours.
0: Yeah, that's great. Uh interestingly, one of our last guests was a well-known consultant in the industry by the name of Stephen Tweed. Okay. And he talked about there's really three sources of recruiting. You know, one is referral from your existing caregivers and that's, you know, those those folks stay the longest and they have a friend in the company and you, you know they're going to be a fit. The second of course is your online whether you're doing your Indeed, or your my CNA jobs. It turns out that actually the folks that come in that way end up staying the shortest, you know, by statistical things. And then the third part is your in-person recruiting. And one of the things that Stephen said in particular is that nursing students or people who are in a school, you know, being medically trained really make fantastic caregivers and it helps them get the experience they want and they work out uh, really well. He also talked about, you know, the faith-based community. So if you could find people who are In some type of faith based work as part of their work there, they have the relationship skills. So, those are a couple places to go. So, there you go. You're totally alive, Mr. (laughs) Steven. (laughs) To bring it into the home stretch a little bit, I know that in addition to being this multipreneur and doing all these fantastic things that you do, running your own agency, you also provide services to help others to get their businesses going and their agencies going. So, tell us a little bit about that. If somebody says, wow, I definitely feel connected to Ms. LaToya from this uh, Home Care Heroes episode. How would they get in touch with you?
1: Well, they can go directly to the website, which is Latoyaonora.com, which is my first and middle name. And it's a lot of free resources on there, like contract agreement with facilities. Some agencies here have started sending staff to some of the larger facilities because they were so short staffed. So it's a lot of resources and digital download work just free on the website. And then if they want to continue the conversation about how can they start their own business or how can they capture or get the um, CDS contract here in Missouri or the in-home contract here in Missouri, they can just book a consultation online.
0: That sounds fantastic. So I am good at spelling LaToya. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure I have your middle name spelled. So walk me through it. Is It's uh, just LaToya Ilnora. Can, could you spell that for us to sure. spell it out?
1: So it's uh, Latoya, L-A-T-O-Y-A, and then Elnora,
0: E-L-N-O-R-A.com. Perfect, LatoyaElnora.com. Yes. All right, awesome. Well, with that, we will shut it down for today. I really appreciate you taking the yes, time to be on Home Care Heroes, and we look forward to having you be posted online and on the, on the podcast beat very soon. And thank you again for being here on Home Care Heroes.
1: Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on the Home Care Heroes podcast. Home Care Heroes is produced by Ancota, the software for the heroes of home care. You can listen to back episodes by visiting 4homecareheroes.com. That's the number four, then the words homecareheroes.com.